Ooh, ooh, here we go. Cannabis Coffee Hour Podcast with your host, me, Rob Cantrell. We're gonna do it. We're gonna feel swell. Talking about cannabis, CBD, herb, weed. You know the deal? THC, CBD. This is what I need in me today. The Cannabis Coffee Hour for a new way of living, thriving, surviving, dying. Well, I don't know about dying, but uh, we all got to die one day. So that's that's the number one lesson you got to learn right from the get-go to get you up and out of bed. Welcome to the Cannabis Coffee Hour. This is Rob Cantrell coming to you live from Brooklyn, New York. Well, not live. It's pre-taped right into my iPhone. This is the most DIY do-it-yourself podcast. I got a love mic from Sure, 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 Sure. Got some bomb-ass mics. They're kind of like the Ford of microphones. Sure. Uh, and I've been. I went. I did. I did. I went through a Bluetooth phase for three or four episodes. But I heard the sound quality. I thought the sound quality uh, is good. We're gonna take it up a notch. We got some big stuff going on, but a lot of a lot of what I'm trying to do is organically grow this podcast in my most natural voice of who I am and trying to zen it out. 46, living in Brooklyn, got a family, doing stand-up, doing creative shit, making art, doing uh, side gigs when I have to, uh, but I haven't in a while. Uh, the last six months before this, if you haven't listened to the podcast, I was uh, touring with Tracy Morgan. He's not touring right now. He's mostly just doing family time, resting up. Um, but shout out to him and that whole crew that I toured with. And I've been circling back here in Brooklyn. Uh, I've been performing a lot of shows, stand-up comedy all around New York. Tonight, I'm at one of my favorite spots, and it's close by. It's at this bar called Halyards, um, and it's just a cool, hip, off-the-beaten, it's like on Park Slope Gowanus uh, line, which is in Brooklyn, um, but I'm doing a show there tonight. That's a fun, funky show. If you dig my vibe, and you're a super fan, and you listen to the Cannabis Coffee Hour, uh, give me a shout. Stop by. Uh, I got a couple dates. Um, coming up, but mostly I've been writing and working on trying to get uh, a bigger television type project up and out. But so today, uh, I'm just going to go straight CBD. We're going to cruise on some super CBD. And I went and bought this right at the bodega down the street. Uh, This company is called the Hemp Division, and this is based in New York. Now, what's kind of crazy about CBD is that it is not, and it's all over this website, I was checking it out, it's not FDA approved. So a lot of the stuff that they're saying, you know, they can't, until the FDA, that's like the federal regulator, like what I've heard on the street is the government may, you know, with CBD absolutely blowing up. And I think, I think America needs it, and I think that the world needs it. I think anxiety is just crippling 
um, and your fucking joints, anti anything anti-inflammatory, people are fucking snorting turmeric right now in order to get their joints rolling. Uh, and I could, that's my, I don't know if you hear that, my ankle, I have one ankle that literally clicks, I could click it on beat, like it literally just, I don't know, I used to roll my ankles a lot, and I played a lot of sports uh, growing up, and I wasn't a jock, I just had to play them, because I went to a small school, and that's, you had to play a sport, I played football, uh, I actually was on the line, that's how small the school it was, and then uh, uh, I was a lineman. And then I played fullback. Not fullback. What is that? What's the dude? Halfback. Um, the guy that's kind of in the middle in defense. You just hit people. Football is a violent fucking sport. I mean, it's fun to watch and I won't get it. I mean, humans are violent. It's like controlled violence. This shit's got to come out somewhere. And I think, you know, sports is uh, one of the releases. But... Uh, and then I also wrestled. I wrestled uh, since I was in the third or fourth grade. Uh, and I did that all the way up to senior year in high school. I was so burnt out on it by the time I stopped. I, I was just went too far in. And then I also played lacrosse. And I wasn't that great, but I was good enough to kind of get recruited by colleges, Division three. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I didn't play anything in, in um, college. I just, I drank all freshman year. I was a fucking drunk. And then I started smoking weed. I didn't start smoking weed. I smoked weed, like, the first, I didn't smoke weed in high school. I was so scared back in the day. Like, I just didn't want to fuck up everything. Because uh, I went to public school, but then my dad died, and then... There was an opportunity. I was the only guy in my family. I was the last of the three of us to go. I ended up going to a boarding school. I went to private school for sophomore, junior, and senior year. And uh, that's when I had to play all those sports. Um, but I didn't want to get kicked out of that fucking school. And there was a ton of drugs. Um, so I never fucked with it until after I got out of high school. I smoked some weed with my friend Bud down in Norfolk, Virginia. And then I, uh, and then freshman year in college, I drank and drank and thought that was cool. And, you know, you, I don't know, drinking's for your young 20s for some weird reason. You just want to go off. But I would get vicious hangovers. That was the thing about drinking with me was I never went to AA. It was never like that. But it was mostly, I think, social anxiety, I would drink and that would help it. But when I found weed, like, I was like, what? I mean, it was kind of like, I like beer, but not as much as I like a big fat bong hit and somebody cranking up some nice and smooth on some smooth speakers or blowing my mind with some Black Sabbath. I don't know. Weed out and the music always goes hand in hand. But as you evolve and grow, you know, you change and you do stuff different and but so today I'm just going to have this because I have a big call I got to do for this creative television project um, in an hour. But uh, I could definitely use some CBD. CBD will cool my mind and relax my soul and let my conscience be free as we get down to the sound of a PMD. And we're going to have this is uh, from this company, like I said, the Hemp Division. 
And this is in New York. This is right down the thing. This is the 25 milligram special blend. Green tea and honey. And it's called Cruise. So this was the, the most CBD, which is not that... I, I never know if it's 10,000 milligrams. I never... When you start talking milligrams, I'm like, just give me the biggest one. Um, now, I'm not trying to be... But I have done ton, I mean, not a ton of dabs, but I have to say, I, I did dabs really early on. I mean, hot knives, everybody talks about smoking hash and shit. But at the High Times office, Danny Danko, it was back when they smoked at the High Times office. This was like 2006, 2007. And I remember they brought dabs up to the office. I was so freaked out when they broke out the blowtorch. I was like, what the fuck is this shit? But I do have to say, I hit it. <laughs> it is just like really good, powerful hash. If you, I mean, if you're a connoisseur, it's like if you were a drinker, you could drink beer, beer, beer. But after a while, you know, if you really like it, you know, you might want to try some top shelf tequila or some top shelf bourbon, you know, or some straight up moonshine. Um, and that's what I see like that stuff. Like, I'm, I'm not. And especially a good oil pit. I don't know. I've, I've, I've turned my ways. I, you know, I was such an old school 80s crack epidemic. You know, that shit scared the shit out of me, man. I, you know, I grew up in D.C. I saw crack really fuck take hold. Um, and I was born in 72. So I rem cocaine, I never have done cocaine. Um, a lot of my friends did. <laughs> but uh, but I, I mean, I snorted Ritalin a few times in high school to study. That was one thing I did. I never took Ritalin, but if my friend took Ritalin, that's what you would do in high school. You'd be like, oh shit, I got a big fucking exam. Especially at boarding school, you would just go and fucking buy some Ritalin off. Well, you would shake the dude out. Nobody was really selling it. He would, it was one dude on the hall had got some crazy prescription where he had like 20 bottles of crazy Ritalin. And you would go bomb a couple of those. And we used to crush them up and snort them to study. And I would drink Dr. Pepper and dip. Copenhagen, <laughs> which is nasty, but it was this, uh, it was Virginia, and you could, you would get busted for smoking cigarettes, so that's how we had nicotine, I mean, I was into nicotine, weed helped me quit nicotine, that was the thing, I mean, I, I smoked, I mean, I was born in Washington, D.C. in 72, and then, uh, we moved, I would say it was 82, to a southern Virginia town, a town of 5,000, Buena Vista, Virginia. And this was like culture change. But the kids were cool. I had a little BMX bike, not a motorbike, but you know, I, you know, I rode my bike everywhere. There was a public pool. I'd go ride to the public pool. It was a factory town. It was as blue collar of a town as you're going to get. And these kids dipped Copenhagen and drank beer and went down to the river. And it was a. Uh, so. I was exposed to tobacco, I guess. Just being in Virginia, I was exposed to tobacco way early on. And I think I've told that story. Uh, I know I'm rambling really fast, but I get psyched to do this podcast, you know. Um, and then I just want to also center myself. And I'm not sure how people see me or view me as fans. Not that I give a shit, but I, I, I just like having the truth out there. And then you just, then the, it is what it is, man. You can come check me out. You can check me out. I'm not faking the funk. Um, and I, let me, let me cruise down. Let me try some of this green tea. I open the top. It's kind of like a Snapple bottle. There's no fucking fact. 
It's just straight up. I shook it. I shook it, right? Let's see what this is all about. I did have a bunch of coffee, and I've worked it out. I'm, I've did everything except write um, today in terms of, like, working out. Like, everything, it's not, it just got to noon, and I meditated. I stretched for, like, a half an hour. I meditated, and then I worked out. I did uh, 21 minutes on the row machine, and then I did 10 pull-ups, and then I got the fuck out of there. And now I was like, let me knock out this podcast and then let me do this fucking crazy ass call that I got to not be super duper high for. But here's uh, some cruise. Let's taste this shit. Okay. Not a lot of sugar. I like that. It's not sugared out. It tastes like green tea and honey with some hemp extract. It tastes exactly that. Natural and delicious. That's what they call this. They're saying it's natural and delicious. Uh, wellness elixir. Yeah, man. When you start calling shit elixir, <laughs> that's when you start getting into wizard territory, man. Just going to be a wizard over here drinking this elixir. Right before I do a crazy business television phone call. Um, but yeah, 25 milligrams felt good. Going down, I kind of, I think because my cannabinoid receptors in my brain, you know, I do fire up a lot of weed and I just burn through everything that I had. That's the only thing about pot. Like, I want to smoke it a lot, but I don't want to fucking break the bank on it, you know? I don't want to smoke it too much. I want it more balanced, you know? I don't want to be dab master fresh. Literally, I just want to have one joint, a fresh, good joint, laying around in case I need it. That's what uh, uh, the great George Carlin talked about, pot. And they were like, do you do drugs? You know, he was a big AA sober. I mean, he went through, a lot of those guys went through a lot of cocaine. I mean, the entertainment world, coke and staying up and cranking it out, it kind of goes hand in hand, especially when you get in your 30s. Like when those dudes in the 70s found coke, you know, that added 10, 15 more years to their career. But then they ended up cracked out, you know? And I know George Carlin went through, you know, a heavily addicted cocaine period, which will really, you know, it's not as bad as heroin, but it can fucking, it definitely will take you out. And that's what I was going to say. I never did cocaine. My first celebrity death and was John Belushi. And I distinctively remember when that went down in my memory bank. And I remember his picture was on Time Magazine. We got, this was back when Time Magazine, it was, uh, it was 1980. And I remember... Because I had older cousins that were into SNL and that Steve Martin album. I remember, if you ever listen to uh, Steve Martin, you, get there, you know, he's got one really great early stand-up album, but he does uh, a bunch of song, songs, original songs. They're not even parodies. They're fucking dope-ass songs. Uh, King Tut. I mean, King Tut by uh, Steve Martin is one of the dopest fucking songs. 
King Tut. Funk it, but. It's a. Uh, I don't know if he said. Yeah. It's a funk song, and it's written from uh, the point of King Tut. And he's bragging about all his, his stuff. It's fucking brilliant, man. Uh, check out King Tut by Steve. I mean, I'm sure you. I don't know. Maybe these younger people don't know that shit. For me, in my age group, everybody knows that shit. They're like, Rob, you're fucking talking about some. Uh, regular shit. Everybody knows that. But no, it's uh, it's a deep cut. Check out Steve Martin, King Tut. That's a dope tune. Oh, man. I'm just having more of this Cruise Delicious. I'm going to try to take... I want the CBD to hit. But yeah, let's go on. Let's talk about how I've been zenning it out. I hope you're zenning it out. Today, I'm, I'm doing good. Uh... In terms of, I uh, stretched. I did my little, my practiced my yoga. I just call it stretching. I don't know about calling it yoga. I call it Robgo or something. I just my own shit. It's my own stretches. I I did play sports forever, and I did. I've done a bunch of yoga, different classes, and I've done meditation classes. You know, I'm totally down with the Bruce Lee theory of just taking what works for you and put it into your discipline, you know, and then discarding, you know, whatever is like a little bit tedious or just like, yeah, I don't need that shit. I need this shit. Um, that's the way, you know, that's the thing about being disciplined is like, there's a rigidness into it that sometimes lacks improvisation or precisely living in the moment because everything's so super calculated and uh you know that's that's i i do performance and i've done you know i've done straight joke style i've done straight storytelling style and then you know just going up there and riffing can go wrong but there is a sweet spot right in the middle if you can kind of dance with all three of them but not, not, not completely like diamondize all of them, or not completely like be set into one thing or set in the other. Just kind of feel the flow of the moment. I'm mostly talking about performing on stage, uh, and mostly you know music's a whole other thing. But stand up is a weird, you know art form in the sense that you kind of learn it in front of other people and you learn it every time you go up no matter how good you get it can uh, definitely all go wrong <laughs> that's what's so humbling about the whole thing but also keeps you in the game um but uh yeah i am having a lot of fun with my stand-up and i have been doing i did a i had a fun set i did this comedy club the stand i just stopped by and they put me up but uh robert smigel was there the dude uh from triumph uh the insult comic dog and he was hilarious he was running jokes for the big charlie sheen roast on comedy central now i mean i re i do love jokes so jokes are great roasts i get it especially if you're not in comedy and you see old showbiz roasts 
they're fun. They are fun to watch, especially if you're like jokes and how they're set up and sometimes. But there is like a weird gossipy fucking bullshitty like celebrity type negativity that runs through it that's just I mean roasts in general that uh I mean I'm all for giving people shit but people are sensitive as fuck and everybody's got drama going on um shit you don't even know about and everybody has a mask on nobody's really revealing I mean they do try to reveal their true self but to sit there and do the roast I don't know there's something they're fun jokes to write, and they're funny to watch, and they're entertaining, but they're just not for, for me for me to do. I mean, I would do a roast if it was, if it was my friend and they asked me, because they're not the hardest jokes to write. I'm just not that mean, so I'm not into them, and it's not like I'm going to knock it out of the park. You know, you got to find your lane. That's the other thing. Um... So we're cruising along here on 25 milligrams special blend. I could find, I could feel the wellness. Like there, there is a wellness to it. I would say like I'm not high, and for a moment there I was like, is this thing working? But then there is kind of a body high. That's how I feel. Like I remember, like a lot of the times I smoked weed was to kill before I quit drinking was to just, number one way to stop a hangover, I would just take like four bong hits and pop like a couple Advil and drink a big thing of water. Or if you're from the South, I would drink, I would, I would uh, get some goodies powders, goodie powder. If you don't know about goodie powder, it's truck stop uh, aspirin. And it does work, but it really is just like a shitload of caffeine and aspirin chopped up into this dust and you just like put it on your tongue. But it is a good headache killer if you're hungover. A big uh, orange, big orange uh, or green or grape Gatorade and a goodies powder. Like that was the hangover cure of the South. Like if you had a, if you had a fucking uh, uh, a goodie powder packet, goodies powder, goodies, G-O- O-D-I-E-S, goodies. If you had that, and you just, whoo, you put it on your tongue, and it's like this big fucking dust. It looks like a big eight ball of cocaine. You put that on your tongue, and then you just slug down some Gatorade. You know, that will get you through. Or a Mountain Dew. It's the caffeine. It's a big shot of caffeine. Caffeine will knock out a lot of shit. I run on caffeine. But I did, I did have dinner last night, and then I had a, like one of those tum, you know, the plastic tumblers that I have. I had a nice. I still am working on that two-pound bag of fucking French roast from the last episode. But I, I drank some coffee right after dinner because I was going out to do a show in the Lower East Side, and then I stopped by the new comedy club, The Stand, and they were nice enough to put me up just to do a quick eight-minute set, and that went great. That was a lot of fun. The other show in the LES was good, but it was all over the map. And so I was like, I was glad to get a second set to kind of be like, oh, there, there it is. Because it was like, a, they, they have it set up. It's a great comedy club. If you want to check out a show, it's right off of uh, Union Square. It's a dope little spot. And they have a big room downstairs. It's like, holds like, you know, 200. So 
look out for that if you're into comedy in New York. Um, but, you know, life is coming by so fast, and I, I do want to upgrade this uh, podcast in terms of guests and studio. I have it all planned out, but, you know, all these projects take focus and take, you know, 500 to a G, uh, 500 to $1,000 to, you know, get up and out. If you're going to release an album yourself and master it, you know, it might not take, a, it may be more like 200, 300, but there's still little, you know, promotional shit, paid fucking sponsored on uh, Instagram, you know, budget, all this shit, you know. Uh, they got you, these social media, like, they know money talks uh, on some of this shit. But I am getting into, I, Twitter is kind of whack, but Twitter's video is kind of fresh. But uh, I don't think, you can't sell any ads on it, so eventually you would never make any money on it if your video went viral on Twitter. Whereas if your video went viral on uh, YouTube, then you can make some cold cash and maybe buy a boat or something. But like I said, I, uh, my back is feeling good. Um, the elixir is kicking in. The cruise, the natural and delicious, it is settling in. I can feel kind of a wash of the anxiety that I think I naturally possess go away. Definitely. But I also, I don't know if I'm tired and I got up early. Uh, it was the first week of school. You know, I got kid. Uh... So I'm just running around, and I'm doing shows at night, and I'm doing this podcast weekly. So I love you guys for listening and uh, digging on this stuff, because I'm very excited for the next step in this podcast, and to get guests and go to coffee shops, and because I know all the things I need, I have it all laid out, but a lot of it is that I'm trying to stay weekly with you guys, so all I'm saying is hang with me. We're going to keep on doing this. And I'm learning my voice solo mission. Like, I've been listening back. The highest rated episode is called uh, Brazilian Beats. And uh, I listened to it, and it's just myself. And I, I don't know. I think I hit the right amount of weed. or It was, it was flowing. It was funny um, and interesting the whole way through. And it was just myself. So I'm going to go back and listen to, like, the most popular ones. Hey, you can email me at Contact at Rob Cantrell if you have any suggestions or inputs. Uh, don't be a creep. Don't be a weirdo. Don't be an internet troll. Uh, respect yourself and others. Uh, yeah, life is wild. And I, you know what I was thinking about is like, I loved all that jackass, you know, Steve-O and hidden camera stuff. But I don't like fucking with people's space because you never know what fucking people are going through. That's the thing about New York. That teaches you. Uh, but then some people are just mindless, man. Some, there's so many people that just don't give a fuck. They don't understand. They don't... Man, I don't know what they understand. I can't project that on other mo motherfuckers. I just got to stay in my zone and concentrate on being the best me. But... Yeah, I used to be young and fucking stupid too and loud 
and obnoxious. It was just like these teenage. There was like a boy and girl, and the I don't know if they were strung out or something. And they were on the subway, and they were literally the girl was literally like about to go down on this dude, but they were both like scuzzy and drugged. Like they were just, and it was just, it was like everybody was butt sober on the train. They just wanted attention. I don't know what they wanted, and uh, they were just being jackass kids as kids do. Um, but I just, I remember I did the old man in me one. We go, hey, come on, respect yourself. You can't be blowing dudes on this subway. Uh, but it wasn't like they were doing it. It was just like, I don't know. They were just like the girl, the guy was standing up and the girl was just like leaning her head into his crotch. I think they were drunk, but it, it was like everybody was butt sober. It was like in the middle of the day and she was like reaching up his behind, like grabbing his ass and like kind of like putting her head face right into his crotch and I'm just like sitting there like they, they could tell I was being like and I was like and it wasn't sexy or dirty or anything it was just obnoxious and I was like fuck man there a part of me wanted to get up and be like yay don't you do that but you can't do that shit in New York because you never know those dudes could be straight up methed out um strung out you just don't want to get in the tangle keep it moving I got shit to do I got a family to provide for I got a, uh, art to create. I got dreams to make. Um, and, you know, shit's on them. It wasn't bothering me. But there was, there is a part of me that's like that. I don't know. I think it's just, you know, my parents were from the 50s. You know, I had some, my dad was fucking hardcore. Didn't fuck around. Um, almost like military. And definitely, you know, he passed away early on. You know, I didn't catch the wrath in my, like, 16 to 21 like I yeah just didn't have a dad I didn't have anybody my mom is like super out there and she's hard ass like she wouldn't let me she never nobody ever gave me any money or gave me anything but she also would give me a lot of rope like in terms of you know she wasn't like watching over me I was pretty much out out and about by the time I was 16 I was getting you know, jobs at restaurants, and then I went out to college, and then I got a job after college, and I moved back in for a, a couple years to save money, and that was right before I went uh, and did six months in Southeast Asia, when I saved up $10,000, and I traveled for like eight months, and then I landed in San Francisco in 1999 and started doing stand-up there. Um, so yeah, as you can tell, man, um, the older you get, the more life experience you have and the more data and like the more memory your brain has collected. And if you don't kind of take task to it in terms of like meditation or at least exercise or some type of outlet, uh, you know, that's how I think people go crazy or you know um start living negatively I, I got this book all about positivity that's what i that's what i read this morning in terms of like my zenness i am trying to rush it a little bit because i do have like this kind of power phone call thing in about a half hour so but i wanted to make sure i got an episode out today because i feel good every time i do this podcast i feel fucking awesome and, and I think I'm doing something right. You know, I know people are like, oh, all you do is smoke weed and talk about weed, Rob. No, I think cannabis 
is something that will make our society more compassionate and not as power hungry. There's something about that just ultimate love of power and nothing but power, like, that's evil. That's what all these fucking Trumps and Young Kim and, you know, just people that seek ultimate amounts of power. They're not all evil. Like, I don't, I don't diss politicians in general. And I don't even know, I don't want to go into Trump and all that shit. I'm not, all that alt-right shit fucking wigs me out. I'm not fucking with any of that Nazi shit. Um, and racism, I think, is just fucking whack. And you need to evolve beyond it. And even my own uh, racial issues that may be embedded in me because I'm a 46-year-old. Like, I need to fucking blast through all that shit. And compassion and love is the only way... Pa- compassion, love, and forgiveness is the only only way that this world will be able to go further and further down. I truly believe that because in life that's what happens. You you can say, oh, I'm going to be the biggest badass, have all the money in the world, and I'm going to control shit. But look at that fucking Epstein. That's what that fucking Epstein motherfucker was doing. That's what Hitler was all about, man. You know, you, you try to get this amount of power and you think you ain't going to die. You think you, once you get there, you ain't going to die. That's what it's all about. You're looking for, you know, the ultimate high. You're looking for no... But shit goes down. Shit has always go down. And I learned that from an early age. Not to go back to my dad's death, but, you know, in a matter of seconds, life, boom. I've learned that so early on. Everything changed. In a matter... The minute... That cop came to the door and told my mom my dad died in a car accident. And I was 10, right in front of him. it. Was, we, I saw my dad, and he went to go uh, pick up my brother at camp. And, um, and then an hour later, it was me and my mom in this house in Virginia. I saw this cop come in to the house and knock on the door. And I didn't hear what he said but my mom just hit the ground like literally just dropped like uh it looked exactly like when obi-wan got fucking chopped by darth vader like she just it just took the life out of her and uh then somebody grabbed me and took me into another it was just a blur but that was a matter of seconds like in everything changed after that because i had this really super strong-willed, like, this dude could have been president. Like, uh, he worked on Capitol Hill. He came from nothing. He was, like, a Virginia Tech uh, basketball player. He was in the Air Force. Um, But I think, you know, he rose to a certain amount of power, and he got his legs taken out, and he just wasn't fucking with it. It's the same thing with show business. I've risen up. Like, the the, the higher you go up, the more motherfuckers try to... But... A part of that game is to, you know, fuck the haters and somebody's going to do you wrong always. It's just always like that. And to keep it moving, keep forgiving, keep love in your heart, keep your heart open, keep your mind open, keep the love uh, flowing. Think positive thoughts, even in the darkest hour, because none of this is forever, you know. Life is just a fucking gift, man. Existence. Existence is not infinite you know not on this plane maybe the next plane 
But, uh, not on this plane. Motherfucker, you're going back to the dirt. We're all going back to the dirt. Um, that's what's nice about this green tea. It makes me feel like I'm going back to the dirt again. Oh, I wanted to go through my, my, my Zen routine today. I'm proud of it. Uh, a little bit. But just that I, I, I did a good stretch, even with the balancing I've been doing. And I've been getting, my balance has been getting better. And then I did that. And then I read this uh, positivity book. Why did I peek out? I hope this is, uh, I looked at the vo levels here. And I was dancing in the red there. So I'd get excited and talk about it. But uh, I did like 30 minutes of bomb-ass stretch. I'm talking... Uh, child's pose into cobra into fucking downward dog i'm talking warrior pose and then i'm doing the warrior pose where you go one foot um down and one foot up like you you're like standing on one foot it's a balance pose and then i got this barbara Fredrickson phd this new book like uh i got think and grow rich that's a great book that's on pma positive mental attitude but this one's just called positivity top-notch research reveals the upward spiral that will change your life and uh this uh this shit is fucking bomb it's just a book about it's a it's a scientist since 2003 he's been studying the the scientifically like he goes on to explain like scientists never measured emotions they never looked at emotions like that's what i think it's coming into now this new age of like everybody's in therapy everybody's you know eating cbd by the handfuls everybody's talking about an anxiety because you know i think we're all figuring out our emotions and because back then it was like you talk about emotions everybody's like what the fuck are you talking about like because there's no you can't really it's hard to measure them but this takes a scientific uh, approach to measuring positivity. And it's just like, it's just pretty much fucking goes into factual shit about um, how your mind works and how you react. And if you're positive compared to just being a negative motherfucker, how, you know, it just makes the day go better and makes the cause and effect and how you're affecting others. That's a lot of it. Um, okay, what is positivity? Here's a good quote. Andre Guide. This is just like the beginning of chapter three. Know that joy is rarer, more difficult, and more beautiful than sadness. Once you make this important discovery, you must embrace joy as a moral obligation. That's what I'm talking about. That's what my album's all about. If you haven't picked up my album, Pure Uncut Joy, um, it's harder to be positive. It's harder to dance joyfully. It's easier, and especially as you get older, it's easier to be a negative fuck. It really is. It's the easiest thing to do, is to be negative. It's harder to be positive. I don't know what's going on in New York, in New Jersey, in Pennsylvania, but I don't know. Motherfuckers be negative as shit around here. So I have to amp it up um, in order to get through some of this shit mentally. It's just my basic DNA, man. Like, it's, uh, it's like water, man. I gotta... Even writing with dudes, like, 
working creatively, like, you know, there's just a lot of negative cats and there's nothing wrong with that. And I'm not saying, that might be your MO. Maybe that's how you, I think a lot of that negativity, like people that live like that, and it's not a bad thing, is they're just bringing everything down so they don't get hurt when it falls apart. But there is a point where, man, you gotta celebrate when shit pops off, you know? That's the moment I like. And you gotta learn how to get there. And I guess that's what that quote was all about, was just embracing, you know, knowing how rare joy is, and how, but how simple it is, and how, where you find it. Is it in a million dollars? You know, look at some of these motherfuckers. Epstein ended up fucking hanging himself. You know, all these, man, there's just dudes after dudes that have millions of dollars, shit that I would die for, that kill themselves. And you're like, God damn, man, that didn't help, and they still kill themselves? Like, what the fuck's that all about? Uh, but you understand what it's all about, because life is difficult and suffering and overwhelming. You know, that dark thought of suicide is always there, man. Not always there, but, you know, my mind is danced in it. My mind is danced in, you know, my mind, that's why I have to meditate. Like, my mind goes everywhere, and so does everybody's, but you have to learn to control your mind and quiet your mind and understand that these thoughts are bullshit, like... A lot of your thoughts are bullshit that does nothing to what really reality is at this moment. And this moment's the only real, real reality. And this shit's happening in real time with Bill Maher. <laughs> I haven't watched that show in years. I kind of like Bill Maher. Um, but, you know, just political... Once you start going comedy, entertainment, politics, I don't know, man. Politics is there... Not to talk politics, but <laughs> politics is there to fucking make sure the roads are running right and the schools are open and the teachers and cops are getting paid right. You know, it shouldn't be this rock star celebrity shit. And that's what I always... But I get it. You know, you used art to influ influence culture. Culture influences art and art influences culture. Like, it's like a mirror that bounces back and forth. So I understand that maybe if you're leaning conservative or if you're mean, leaning liberal, I'd probably do the same shit. Because um, I know I keep saying I don't want to be political and then it ends up coming out. But I don't. Because I want to know that, you know, I, I got some conservative friends. I got some Republican friends. I like them. I love them. There's dudes I grew up with. Um, and then I got liberal Democrat friends. I got gay friends. I got gay cousins. I got conservative cousins. I got all kinds of people. And if I run into them, I maybe have seen them twice in 10 years. But if I run into them, I gotta have the joy of being like, yo, I'm alive, you're alive, we're existing in this moment. And you know what? I don't know if this moment will ever happen again. So we gotta respect this moment. And, uh, you know, pound it out, dap it out. Uh, yeah, I watched the Dave Chappelle special and I loved it I really did love it I thought it was great I don't think he's you know some of the stuff everybody's saying about the LGBT uh, material I think that's I think he knew exactly he was stepping he's so beloved but he's such a high-end artist stand-up that he knows you have to go into dangerous spaces and or you got to put your neck out there
um, in order for big, you know, for him to understand what he's doing up there. He's just, you know, he's always had a racial, political slant. And I think that is a lot of him growing up in D.C. But it was never super political, but it was, I guess it was more social, his stuff. Uh, but yeah, I don't want to talk about the special too much, but I'll just say, yeah, I liked it and thought it was awesome. But I do understand, because we're the same age, so I do understand that a younger cat, somebody who's, you know, the younger generations, I do like, everybody's bumming on millennials, but I do like them. I do find them funky fresh and I do find that uh, they understand about keeping it moving because <laughs> they've taken so much shit and they've learned so much uh, and so fast but haven't had that much experience. Um, but I don't know. I, maybe I'm talking out of my ass. But uh, I don't mind the younger generations. But so, there's, there's shifts in culture that are going back and forth and art and uh, especially humor. I used to read something about, I used to read these psychology, like one of the books I was really into is called Must You Conform? I think I've talked about it before, about uh, a psychoanalyst, Robert Lidner, and he coined the phrase, rebel without a cause. And I really do think you need to rebel in order for evolution to happen, but it's about positive rebellion. It's not about war. It's not about killing people. It's not about making fun of people. It's it's pot, like it's dancing when you shouldn't be dancing. It's laughing when you shouldn't be laughing. It's smoking herb when you shouldn't be smoking herb. It's creating, you know, it's going towards the love. But, you know, I always saw it as, you know, love and power are these two things. But you need enough money and I do know it sucks to be broke. <laughs> it does. It does. It does. It hurts. It's stressful. Um, but I also know the flip side that that kind of like, eh, like you're just used to having everything and you just become like, you know, just a salty motherfucker. But if you keep it moving, you balance it out. I think that's what we're all trying to do. I think that's what's happening as a society and all of us working and growing and changing together because change is going to come. It's happening. I think, you know, with the CBD, um, this is what's going to legalize. And I think it's going to help knock out or at least, you know, have some type of support for the opioid epidemic is like through CBD and cannabis. Like, that's how I got off drink. Like, if I smoke enough pot, I really don't need it that much. You know, I just, I need to make rent, I need to make my bills, I need to have enough to take out, maybe go on vacation and all that shit. Um, but I don't need cigarettes if I have enough herb. I don't need uh, that much food. Like, I... I will say if I'm smoking herb all day, I only need about two meals. If I'm not smoking herb, I definitely need three meals a day. Does that make sense? Uh, not that I need to eat more, but just like, I don't know, three hearty meals a day that's like all meat clogged up. Like, that's a little rough. But ideally, this is what I do is like a banana peanut butter milkshake in the morning, 
smoke some herb, hit some, hit like a half a joint, or maybe even like a quarter joint, like, you know, if you're doing puffs, like, and then done, then I'm done, and maybe I go back a half an hour later, hit it one more time, and dance to a song that I found on, on Spotify from the Poor Righteous Teachers or some funky 80s hip-hop um, that I've been enjoying. Um, but uh, but after that, I don't need that much more. And then later in the day, like after dinner, if I'm going out, it does help me like pick me up instead of doing like a hit of cocaine or drinking a shot of Jack Daniels, hitting a little bit of herb. Um, but I don't want to, I do like a good IPA and I used to love bourbon. Bourbon ha does have a rich, it does have that amber. Like I always talk about like, roasting beans or everything. I like medium energy. I'm on some, I have medium, <laughs> I have medium dick energy is what I got. Uh, I like medium energy that you can move and flow with and uh, get right in the middle with. But in terms of my Zen today, I'm kind of proud of what I've done. Like I stretched for a half an hour and I hit all the poses, meaning I've been working on my flexibility. I can touch my toes for 30 seconds. I can stand on one foot for 10 seconds, stand on the other foot on 10 seconds, and I do the warrior pose where I'm standing on one foot and for 10 seconds and the other one for 10 seconds. Like, I'm working on my balance. It's been helping. Like, that's the cool thing. You can, you can see your flexibility. You can see yourself getting more flexible, and it helps. It helps your mental. And then I can see myself balancing better and I think that's been helping my mental um I just I don't know if I've talked too fast on this podcast uh but I do love this podcast I love doing it um this CBD is good you know it's I would say yeah my anxiety's off I'm feeling good our body relaxing mood elevating infused Deliver a cool, calm, and delicious experience like no other. Natural, honest, potent products from THD. I don't know about THD. That sounds a little. But this is um, this is the thing that I heard that's coming down the line um, with these CD, CBD products. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Like the FDA has not, you know, they haven't, they just fucking, everybody's dragging their feet. They don't want to look at it because they know it's going to hurt the bottom line to a lot of pharmaceutical companies um, and just how money moves and how business moves and even American society. But... In terms of the health benefits, you know, as we go forward with faster technology, more anxiousness, more anxiety, uh, I really think CBD is going to be there for a lot of people. And it doesn't give you fucked up. Like, somebody called me right now and it was like some heavy, like, oh no. Uh, your cat got put in a blender or something or, you know, something tragic or some bullshit. I can handle it. 
But if I'm high as a kite, sometimes that's like, uh, <laughs> it kind of brings up, it's kind of the, a, a, a worser scenario. But I don't know. I've been smoking so long is that I've gotten, I've been in all those type of scenarios when I've been high. And you just work your way through it. Some people are really cool and calm about it. Um, I knew some people that used to sell a lot of pot. And uh, just, I remember being around them when they were around cops. And I remember being so impressed how cool they were around cops. And they would have like a couple ounces on them. And this is back, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And they would, you know, a cop would drive or talk to him. You know, they just knew just to act normal and be cool. <laughs> being cool will get you through a lot of shit. But uh, being assertive and making money is also important. And just being yourself. Not, uh, you got you to gotta hustle. You can't do nothing. Life is precious in the sense that, you know, you got to do what you do with it and make it how you make it. Um, but I will say, okay. I'll just, I haven't even explained the whole Zen. We're at 52 minutes. Um, but today I stretched. Then I meditated for 15 minutes. Did my mantras. Uh, I ohmed it out. Om, mantras. I give love. I receive love. And I've been thinking about my breath as kind of light, like pure light like cleaning out all the toxins in my head and in my chest and then I breathe out and I think of this was like a meditation teacher like all your fucking toxic bullshit like see a black cloud going out of your mouth like oh, like all that jealousy I am a jealous motherfucker of all kinds of stuff it's show business is crazy man you, tri you say you're not going to be, but then, you know, some things happen. You're like, oh, that motherfucker's making that and getting that kind of cash for that bullshit? Oh, fuck that. But at the same time, you know, you should, or you could look at it like, oh, that corny motherfucker did that. I'm going to fucking rock this. They don't even see it coming. See, that was the positive way of spinning it. Uh, so you can look at it as jealous or you can look at it as inspiration. Even if you don't like the motherfucker, you're going to look at it as an inspiration. Uh, oh, so I meditated. I stretched 15 minutes. Uh, worked on my balance. Um, and then I meditated. And then I worked out. I did 21 minutes on the row machine and 10 pull-ups. And then got the fuck out of there. Then came home ate a taco, jumped in the shower, put on some basketball shorts, and started this podcast. And now I'm here with you. And this is the Cannabis Coffee Hour. I've been drinking natural and delicious Cruise 25 milligram hemp uh, CBD green tea and honey, man. I fuck with CBD. I dig it. Like right now, at the, usually when, when I'm doing the cannabis coffee hour, like, you know, you've heard me. And some of those times I'm roasting like 20 bowls in a row. And I'll listen back like, whoa. Like I just took like 30 second pause there of saying nothing. But the CBD, like I still kind of got my morning energy. But, you know, any I have a really kind of wellness around my chest area. My back feels good even though I did the row machine for 19 minutes. And a part of me wants to go pick up this guitar right after I get off this podcast and rock out. I haven't 
and I could do it. I could do the guitar, but I do got to jump on this phone call real soon. But that's it, guys. I appreciate you guys listening. I, I dig this tea. Try some green tea CBD sometime. Especially if you're trying to zen it out on a Friday. You know, the weekend's coming on. I tried to do it yesterday, but things are happening so fast, and I'm trying to keep this weekly, so I apologize not having it on Thursday. I have it on Friday today. Maybe I'll mix some beats in there. I'm not sure. I don't know if I'm doing too much beats. You know, I, I st we're still working this thing out. And we're going to have some awesome guests, and we're going to have to do some locations. And uh, I'm just trying to keep everything as low cost and consolidated. Like, you know, I see all these other podcasts, and they got video cameras and setups and shit like that. But that doesn't, that's not going to travel. After 900 episodes, you need to get up and out and around. And we're going to have all the technology to do it. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to coffee shops. I'm going to have my studio, espresso machines, guests but also be on the road and do solo mission ones like this. So the Cannabis Coffee Hour is thriving and surviving, and I hope you are too. Thanks for listening. Peace. Discovery 4 computers now have primary control of critical vehicle functions.